Welcome to Life Skills 101, Skills for a Digital Age, sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more. From special needs to parent classes, True North builds a community through digital format in an age of loneliness and desolation. Our host, Lisa Nearing, is a homeschooler with five kids who was homeschooled with her husband, Dr. David Nearing, for 27 years. They are committed to equipping fellow homeschoolers and Christians with the tools they need to navigate a complex world in need of a savior. Now, without further ado, Lisa Nearing. Hey everybody, it is Lisa from True North Homeschool Academy, and we are here for another episode of Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. And today I am joined by Josh and Rachelle Brewer of LifeLight. And you might or might not have heard about this ministry, but I'm excited to share it with you and you're going to find out more about it. We are going to be talking about sharing your testimony. And um, we've been trying to get together for a while. We were going to do this before Christmas. And here it is right before Easter. So <laughs> that is how life goes. But I'm so glad you guys could join me. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. This is something we uh, are very passionate mm-hmm. about. So mm-hmm. it, it's kind of what your whole life is about, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit about the ministry and how you guys got into it. And um, how you're connected to the homeschool community, maybe. I, I know um, Rochelle's been on the podcast before, but just tell us some of the basic stuff and then let's jump into the topic. Yeah, yeah. so the ministry started back in 1998, mm-hmm. as most people know, with Rochelle's parents starting mm-hmm. the ministry. Uh, There's a stat that came out about Sioux Falls that said that 70% of people in Sioux Falls didn't attend church on Sunday mornings. And so that became uh, kind of the call, kind of the... Um, LifeLight started as a response to that. Um, Alan, Rochelle's father, said, well, what are we going to do about that number? Mm-hmm. And so he said, what if we started this outdoor concert that people would come to and we'd use that to tell people about Jesus and get them plugged into the church? And the rest is history. You know, God had huge <laughs> plans for that and uh, ended up growing into a, this massive three-day event uh, for 20 years that God used. And uh, and it's been it's been incredible. So. And Josh just didn't know what he got himself into when he married me, basically. <laughs> now that is like the, de- the definition of marriage, maybe, though, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we absolutely love it. Our heart is, um, both of us, our heart is just to, to be in ministry, and we love getting to do that um, alongside one another. So it's exciting. And Rochelle, you were homeschooled, right? Like all the way through? Yeah, um, I I actually was in public school, but only until like third grade. And then uh, my mom pulled us out and started the homeschooling thing. And she didn't even uh, start it because of her own desire. It was because my oldest sister was like, I want to be homeschooled. And she's <laughs> like, I don't know if I can do that. And then once she started, she never turned back. And yeah. now I'm sure as you know her, she has such a heart for homeschooling. Yeah. And she tries to encourage other, other moms who aren't sure what to do on that path. And yeah. yeah. So and now we homeschool as well because I love it. Yeah. It, it was a good experience in my life growing up. And now, especially being in ministry and traveling a lot, it just, it's, it, you, we wouldn't be able to do it any other way. It's the perfect fit. So. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And you got your, your ministry is really evangelism. So you're actually going out into places that are a little unreached places that, I mean, it's, to me, it's very unique that you actually go into public schools as a Christian organization and share the gospel. I mean, you're not shy about it at all. You're out loud. So tell us a little bit about how that is, because I think for most of us in the homeschool world, we're around a lot of people with similar faiths. And Mm -hmm. so there's not maybe that opportunity to share our testimony as much as maybe you guys have that opportunity everywhere you go, right? (laughs) 
Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, it, it's interesting. This week, um, Josh was actually yeah. at a lot of school assemblies, which we don't do those too often because we are gospel driven and in public schools, you can't share the gospel. Um, but yeah. it was an outlet and an opportunity to get flyers in kids' hands to our mm-hmm. event where the gospel is going to yes. be shared. And so that was, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you want to share more I, on that. I think that just the whole topic of evangelism and the gospel in general is we have to be as the church and as Christ followers, we have to be incredibly intentional Mm -hmm. about seeking out people and opportunities to share the gospel with people or to pray Mm -hmm. with people or to love on people. Um, And uh, because, you know, growing up, I wasn't a Christian. I didn't come from a Christian family. I come from a very broken home. And uh, uh, years after I'd come to Christ, I went back to the neighborhood that I grew up in just to like see what had changed and just to just to drive through it and i noticed that there are four churches in that neighborhood and uh and and they've been there the whole time but i didn't see them i never noticed them you walk past them you just don't notice them and i believe that one of the greatest things that satan does is he puts up a wall to where if he can separate the church from non-christians um he'll he'll do it and so he puts up that wall to where the church will never see the non-Christians and the non-Christians will likely never see the church and non-Christians will likely never just step foot in a church by accident. Um, So we have to be incredibly um, intentional about seeking out that. And a lot of people say, well, I I just don't have many non-Christian friends. Well, then we always encourage people. We're like, well, then be in places for one. I think you do. If you truly Mm -hmm. just, you know, if if you work somewhere, you you know, I think people do. Um, but also your mm-hmm. neighbors, like just be intentional about putting yourself in opportunities where, where you can share, um, mm-hmm. especially us, cause we work in ministry. So, you know, mm-hmm. sharing the gospel with our coworkers really doesn't go too far because you know, they're, <laughs> they're like, they're we're here with you, dude. <laughs> Christians, And our family is all Christian. And so we're like, so we just have to pray for opportunities. And one thing that, that I do, or we do often is we'll pray that God gives us an opportunity yeah. uh, to share the gospel. And, you know, just about every time God takes us up on that offer. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And just being, being intentional, even just at the supermarket, I mean, just yes. bringing up a little conversation about what God did for you that day. Tell us about what it is like to witness, because I think even if we are surrounded by fellow Christians, witnessing to the good that God has done in your life or how he brought you through a difficult situation or how He's faithful, even when the situation doesn't change and it's so hard and painful. I mean, that, that really bolsters our own faith and each other's faith. So there's always opportunities to witness to the goodness of God. And how do you, how do you do that in a way that's not like, like in people's face and off-putting? Cause I think we're all a little worried. Like we don't want them to be so, we don't want to be Bible bashers and we don't want them to like, think we're just that weirdo that they don't want to talk to us again. Like we don't want to take the relationship. You know what I mean? How do we do it? How do you do it every day, day in and day out? Yeah. So it's, you know, my dad actually, he's like the king of this, right? He loves to talk on um, how to evangelize. He does one minute witness and he talks about how to use tracks Mm -hmm. even. Cause there's Mm -hmm. so many times where it's like, yeah, I'm in the drive-thru just to get my coffee. And I'm like, 
I really want to like share the love of Jesus with Mm -hmm. this person, but you're only there for a minute and there's cars behind me. And even simple ways, like when you, when you, you know, you do your credit card party, you grab your coffee, you just hand them a track. And Mm -hmm. sometimes that might seem like such a simple tool, but the Holy spirit can use anything. And you just say, Hey, I just, I wanted to gift you this. And thanks for, you know, making my day, but my coffee or whatever can be simple things like that. But then also, um, a really simple question is sometimes we use the question, Hey, what is the most amazing thing that's ever happened in your life? What's the best thing that's ever, ever happened to you? And people will open up. We've been shocked to find like, we, I think we have like thinking back, I don't know that I've ever encountered somebody who didn't want to talk. Um, If if you don't just start immediately with like, Hey, do you go to church or do you, not that you can't do that. But yeah, like when we've been at restaurants or whatever, and the waiter is waiting on us and just yeah. like, what's the best thing that's ever happened to you? And people mm-hmm. love to talk. They love yeah. to talk about life and right. like, oh, this, when my, when I got married or when I had my firstborn or, you know, like mm-hmm. they share about the best thing that's ever happened. And then that gives you that door to yeah. be like, the best thing that's ever happened to me was mm-hmm. when I gave my life to the Lord. And then you can just kind of share your backstory. Like, here's how, where I came from, what my life was before Christ. And then when I met God, everything radically changed. Mm-hmm. And it's been really neat to see how people are open to it. They might not always immediately get on their knees and pray the prayer of salvation right then, but yeah. you can plant mm-hmm. seeds by your story in that way. Yeah, there was, a, there was this famous evangelist that was once approached by another Christian, and this Christian asked him, or he told him, he said, well, I don't like the way that you share the gospel with people. And this evangelist very humbly said, well, uh, I think there's probably better ways out there too. Like, how, how do you do it then? Please, maybe I can learn. And this, this other Christian goes, he goes, well, I don't do it very often. And then this famous evangelist said, well, I like the way I do it better than the way that you do it then. <laughs> and and I think it's, you know, we overthink things yeah, and there's yeah. lots of tools out there and none of, you know, almost none of them are the wrong way of sharing the gospel. Right. Like Rochelle said that her dad uses this method um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I see mm-hmm. him do it and it's incredible. Um, I do it a little bit differently. We do it a little bit differently. I just, in just in conversations with people, I just am always praying for the opportunity to take it from an insignificant conversation about the weather or sports or anything else and turn it into a significant conversation. Um, and just let your genuine love for people flow out of that. You know, like I was getting my haircut one time and I shared this story before, but I was getting my haircut one time and, and I just, I just started asking questions. You know, how many kids do you have? And, and the, the number one thing you can do while evangelizing to somebody is listen. You know, too often you see people, they're like, you know, they're asking a question, but they, they're already in a hurry to ask the next question. They don't really even just, you know, so how many kids do you have? And if she says three or he says four or whatever, oh, what are their names? Like you ask another, you know, people mm-hmm. love to talk about themselves. That's what we found out. You know, people yeah, love to talk yeah. about themselves. So give them the opportunity to do that. But then after, after a little while, I just asked this person cutting my hair. I said, so, so where do you go to church? And she said, well, I don't go to church. And quite frankly, I'm uncomfortable having this conversation. And so right then in that moment, I was like, that's like the worst thing that happened to someone who's trying to share the gospel, right? That's everyone's biggest fear. But then in that moment, God gave me this incredible, I don't know, understanding. I don't know what it is, but in that, and and I just asked her, I said, you know, most people aren't. Why do you think that is? Wow. It was like God opened up her heart to, to think well, this person genuinely cares about my thoughts and what mm. my opinion so is on this. So then all of a sudden yeah. she's mm, we, yeah. we continued on the conversation that she herself was uncomfortable having. But the moment she understood 
well, he genuinely cares about my thoughts, my mm -hmm. feelings, what mm -hmm. I'm going through. All of a sudden, that's not an awkward conversation for anybody to have. That's just a conversation. And the only mm -hmm. time that sharing the gospel becomes awkward to people is when us as Christians make it awkward. You know? mm -hmm. And uh, and so that's just, yeah. but being, my number one thing is be intentional and and. Mm -hmm genuinely love people don't just share the gospel with someone because that's what the christian thing is to do although it is but mm -hmm. genuinely let god breathe life into the situation let god um give you a heart and a, and a passion to love others yeah i love how how you are focused on in that conversation really empathizing with the person yes. you were you were caring more for her as a person than your end goal, which, and by caring for her, you got to the end goal because you saw her. I love that. It's a really old song. I think it's jars of clay, but I always get the artist mixed up, but it's, I see the art in you. And I think there's this phrase in one of their songs. I think that's so much about like just living intentionally is seeing the art in each other. Um, yeah. And, and people you don't even know because it's so easy to look at appearances and go, oh yeah, I file you. I know exactly what category you go into <laughs> when, when most of the time we're wrong. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. I know, I think, um, especially now in today's culture, as believers, we can look around and be really discouraged because yeah. on this rampant, like downslide towards yeah. sin and unrighteousness. Yeah. But when we can look at a, a, just pull one person out from the crowd and look at them and rather than judge them immediately based off of, um, you know, maybe, maybe it's this, you know, transgender or, mm -hmm. you know, maybe this person's wearing a rainbow flag all over the shirt and you're like, Oh, I don't know how to approach that. You know, yeah. just look at them through the eyes of Jesus, because that's yeah. how he would do it. He would approach them in love. And yeah. then out of that approaching in love, that truth comes in with it. And he mm -hmm. always had grace and truth always intermixed all the time. It was never one without yeah. the other. And so, yeah, there are just so many times where when you just open up a, a window of discussion yeah. by just a simple question. And then mm -hmm. you just ask about their life and mm -hmm. like, Oh, what, what made you make these choices and what makes you think this way or believe this way and, and truly seek to understand their angle and perspective mm -hmm. rather than just immediate, like, I don't know if I can talk to that person, you know, cause we don't see eye to eye. Um, yeah. Yeah. And genuinely try to meet them on their level. Obviously there's a lot that Christians have that are, um, things that are not in common with non-Christians, but then there's ways you can still relate to people. Jesus did that, you know, and not, uh, Mary and Martha were Christians. Um, but when Lazarus died, you know, you see in the story where Jesus responded in two very different ways to Mary, he, he wept with her, but to Martha, he corrected her. Right. He knew what each one needed. He knew where their hearts were at. Um, we need to we need to get back to seeing mm -hmm. people's hearts and uh, not condemning people, but also bringing that truth, even if yeah. it even if it may offend somebody, um, the truth doesn't change. And, uh, and so, yeah. yeah, we have to be incredibly bold. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How do you guys? You guys come from really different backgrounds, and <laughs> you've been married for I, I don't even know how long. I was at your wedding actually. Yeah. <laughs> Oddly yeah. enough, fifteen <laughs> years. Year. Exactly. How yeah. many? 15 years, 15 yep. years. Wow. Yeah. Uh -huh. Wow. How did you guys, how did you manage the culture difference between you when you got married? Cause mm -hmm. I think that you're really speaking to the heart of evangelism in many ways is that there's a culture difference really. So mm -hmm. how did you do it interpersonally? Is that, can I ask that? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're really <laughs> open, but it, it was a huge learning curve for sure. You know, Rochelle sometimes she said, "I didn't really know families existed like that in America." <laughs> you know, and uh, because my family is highly dysfunctional, um, and her family is quite a bit different. Um, and it, it was a it was full, a definite full on ministry. Yeah, it was a definite kid, learning was, curve yeah. and setting up boundaries um, mm-hmm. in both both circumstances. You know, like because we have a family, but mm-hmm. we're also a part of Rochelle's family. We're a part of my family, but setting up those healthy boundaries and making sure everybody understood that. Um, yeah, yeah, but maybe you could share a little more on that. Well, I think just to because so yeah, there. Well, honestly, one of the things we talk about this all the time is that God truly he he prepares and brings people together for His divine good. You know, um, He brings together He turns evil into good for the for the good of those who love Him. Mm-hmm. And so I just think it's so cool. Um, I would have never guessed because when I was a young girl growing up, I was waiting until marriage. I was praying for my future husband. I wasn't doing the dating game. Um, and all while he didn't know the Lord as a kid growing up. And so I was just praying for that future husband, not knowing who it was. And yeah, when we met, I knew his, um, his before Christ testimony, but when I'd met him, he already had turned his life around. And when I met him, um, you know, it's few and far, and I think it's even less now when you meet, when you find someone who's truly on fire for God and wants to serve the Lord with their lives, like there aren't a whole lot of those in the young generation. And so when I met him, I was like, whoa, okay, (laughs) this, this guy's serious about the Lord. And that was what attracted me. Um, and so it was really exciting. I, I knew of his testimony. Um, but yeah, it was more his love for the Lord and wanting to go into ministry that really sparked the interest in me. And then, you know, the rest is history, but blending, yeah, our different stories together. Um, I have seen how God orchestrated that for his purpose. Cause we actually talk a lot on the topic of purity to youth as well. And we can come from both angles because I did wait and he was my first, everything was on our wedding night. And he had the opposite because before Christ, he he'd sinned and he'd messed up, but now we can bring both angles and perspectives to the table and talk about, Hey, there is hurt that happens when, when you go outside of the boundaries, God's set up for us, but then there's also redemption and forgiveness and you can start new today because God wipes the slate clean when we turn and repent and give our lives to him. So yeah, we just, we we're passionate about so many different things and we've seen how God has worked through, through bringing us together in that way. So mm-hmm. I love that you're not, you haven't given up on the purity movement. I mean, I think a lot of evangelicals have, um, because yeah. so many spokes people for that movement have kind of like said, Oh, I'm, I'm just walking away from all of it, Christ and everything, um, which just grieves my heart. But, um, yeah, I just, I love that you're still camping there because like you said, Josh, the truth of scripture doesn't change, even though, even though the seasons in the world we live in change and they can change quickly. I think mm-hmm. since 2020, we've seen like, just, whoa, everybody's still kind of in shock from how quickly some things have changed, Yeah, um, but scripture and the truth of the gospel remains firm yes. and we can stand on it and, and we don't have to guess because even though culture changes, there's something and someone who doesn't. So I just appreciate the fact that you guys are boldly speaking that. Um, how is it as young people? I mean, we, we've noticed in the churches, there's like a gap between 15 and 30. Like where are, where's that generation? You know, how is it as young, a young family raising kids? Do you see that gap? Are you lonely? Are you, how are you managing that in your own world? Hmm, That's a good question. Um, I, 
I feel like, so it's interesting because that's really the gap we're chasing right now, mm-hmm. um, especially with our Z8 is another um, yeah. aspect of our ministry we have on coming up on May 7th. We're doing a, a Z8 event, which is really for Gen Z. It's for Generation Z, which is kind of that high school through college age, young adult. Yeah. Um, and we're just hoping, we're praying and hoping for a revival at the Sioux Falls Arena. So you can join us <laughs> in prayer for that. But yeah, yeah we have seen... Um, a decline in that generation and that age group. But at the same time, we've also seen a few come out of it that are mm-hmm. truly on fire. Wow. And so we're just hoping to take those young people that have that spark and just help them yeah. with it. Because there's mm-hmm. so many young people that they want to serve the Lord, but they yeah. don't know how or where, you know, especially in today's culture. And so we're just really yeah. hoping to pour into them in that way. Mm-hmm. I'd say that the church, um, the church is incredible. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. want to speak down about the church, mm-hmm. um, but we've kind of gotten in a rut and we're stuck in, you know, what worked in the 90s and in the early 2000s mm-hmm. to reach kids it doesn't work um, as often mm-hmm. as it does now today. But still, that's what youth pastors are reached with. So that's what they're continuing to try mm-hmm. to do. Um, and we run into so many young people that this next generation, they call it Generation Z, and we truly see in this next generation that there is a hunger and a drive to be a part of something bigger than themselves, more than any generation before them. Yeah. The problem with that is, is if these other organizations or these other movements, if they're speaking louder than the church does, they're going to sign up to be a part of those things. Yeah. The church has to be out there. We have to be vocal. We have to be bold. And, and let them know that, hey, there is an open door invitation to the church and there's no greater cause than the cause of Christ. There's no greater movement than the church. Uh, but then when they come in and they come in with their ideas, they come in with their, with their energy and, and with what God's asking them to do then we have to get on board with that. Um, we see sometimes people pray for the next generation. And then when they catch on fire, we don't know what to do with it. So we just tell them to go play nine score and youth group again. And, and, and these kids are like, but we want to do something. Yeah. And yeah. We oftentimes say, you know, the worst thing in the world to a warrior is to know there's a battle going on, but not be invited to the battle. Oh my That's gosh. The worst That's thing to a warrior. And we do that to the next generation. So we've gotten in the habit of when we find these young world changers, we've gotten in the habit of asking them, well, what is God ask, calling you to do and how can we help? And, and uh, a lot of the times they're like, well, I want to do this thing. I just don't have resources. And yeah. I'm like, I have resources. <laughs> or if we don't, we know people that do, yes, you know, yeah. or, or young people say, well, I want to do this. I just don't know how. And we're mm-hmm. like, well, we know how, you know, that's how this whole Z8 event came to be. A 15 year old had this idea. And my first reaction was, how can we help you with that? Mm-hmm. And she said, you mean you would actually help me? And she was shocked. And I'm like, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. And we've got to get in the habit. Obviously there are ideas that that we can correct and steer and say, okay, well, you're not quite there yet. Um, As leaders, that's what we're called to do. But we have to at least be willing to ask the question, how can we help you? And what has God given you as a calling to do? Um, Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like we've kind of lack, are lacking as a church. Mm -hmm. um, And we've got to get back on that. Actually, just what he was saying, I just want to add to that, because I think that's actually why we're seeing um, less of that age group in the church because the world is getting them. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. getting them through these good causes. Um, and not that they're all wrong, but you know, there's some things mm-hmm. that 
are for a good cause, but if it's not in the name of Jesus, then it's really of no purpose or no eternal value, you know? And um, so they're, they're gaining these, these young people because it's like, oh, you're going to make a difference in this way. And some of these young people do want to be a part of something bigger themselves, just like Josh was saying. And so if the world is giving them that outlet, but the church is not filling that gap, yeah. then, um, then yeah, we're going to easily lose them. Mm-hmm. So. I love that. I, I, I want you guys to share where people can find you because I know you speak all over the country and you're open to talking to youth pastors and coordinating with them and helping them figure out how to plug people in and all that kind of stuff. But I have one other question just about sharing your testimony. And that is how do you share your testimony with family? Um, because I think that might be like, like in our personal lives, that's the unreached people group. We're on our knees praying and crying about, and they kind of, I think sometimes our family gets tired of hearing like, you know, the crazy Bible bash you're going, Oh, really? You're going to talk about that. Again. Really? You're going to bring up prayer again. You want to pray before the Thanksgiving thing or whatever. So how do you talk to people in your own smaller circle who, you know, how do you keep that conversation going in your life? What, what are your thoughts about that? Yeah. Absolutely. I'd say, um, well, the biggest thing is we have to make sure that we're living out what we say we're living out because our family, our family has a front row seat. If, and if anybody, um, if anybody, uh, is living a double life or is going back and forth or confusing, the family's going to be the first to see Mm -hmm. that. And, and no one wants to get on board with something that you don't actually believe in, or they think that you don't believe in. Um, and so that that would be the biggest thing, but also um, just living out your faith in a very real and in a very transparent way. But then also just inviting them to situations where or 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 um, atmospheres where it's going to be easier to have those conversations, inviting them to a Christian music festival or inviting them to church or inviting them to the women's conference your church is putting on, inviting them to things like that. Yeah. That's the purpose of, that's why Lifelight even started was because we knew it can be difficult to invite someone to church because they have all these other ideas and preconceived thoughts about church. Well, invite them to a concert, invite them to a festival where that that conversation can maybe be started easier, even if it's not Life Flight, Rise Fest, or there's there's all kinds of incredible ministries out there that we're friends with and we partner with mm-hmm. um, that are on that same vein of uh, we want to we want to this this is your outreach. You know, we've always said at Life Flight to the community, like you know, the Z event, like this is your outreach. We want the churches to see it as their outreach. Is invite your non Christian friends and family mm-hmm. that 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 door would be open to you. Um, but those are two yeah. biggest ways and just be incredibly bold and not be in a hurry to just ask the next question. Like I said, right. but really meet them where they're at and make it less about my thoughts versus your thoughts and more about, Hey, let's, let's talk about this, this subject that mm-hmm. is Jesus. Let's talk about this person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's, yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, um, authenticity is key mm-hmm. and yeah. not, um, so not like when you get invited to the Thanksgiving dinner, you shut off your Christian self because you don't want them to, you know, mm-hmm. think wrongly or hate you or whatever, but you also aren't constantly yeah. like, I got to get them saved. I got to get them saved. Yeah. It's just, you're just, <laughs> yeah. you're normal. You're living and Jesus mm-hmm. is in you and he comes with you wherever you're at and you're just the mm-hmm. same person. And so it's naturally going to flow out of you then um, mm-hmm. if you're being authentic 
And so, and then that comes back to just living by example. And so you're, you're living it out in front of them. Um, I have extended family that uh, don't believe in the Lord or aren't walking with him, but they see all our posts and they see what we do on social media. They know when we get together at family reunions, like we're very out in the open about our faith, but we're not shoving it down their throat either. They yeah. know. So when the, the people that they know the gospel message, cause they've heard it, but they're just not choosing it for themselves. That's where it's less about telling it to them because they know it, but it's more Mm -hmm. about showing it to them because it's like, Hey, this has radically changed our lives. We just hope Mm -hmm. that you make that decision too. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have many stories, Josh's brother, uh, he wouldn't be where he's at today if it wasn't Mm -hmm. for Josh coming to the Lord. Now he's followed suit. He goes to church. He brings his family with him. He's growing more spiritually each and every day. Um, I have a cousin who, uh, she turned away from the family and ran away from home at a young age. And now she's returned and come back and she's starting to go back to church. And so there are those, yep. you know, redemption stories, those prodigal son stories. Mm-hmm. It just can be hard when it's family yeah. members, cause you're in that front row watching and you just yearn for them yeah. to know the truth. But in time, God and, plants seeds. And live a faith so bold that the family has to ask questions, you know, um, our VP mm-hmm. at Lifelight, he always says, if your presence doesn't demand an explanation, mm-hmm. then you have to wonder why people have to know why you're so different than everybody else. If your mm-hmm. presence doesn't demand an explanation, and that's just tells why we've seen, you know, families go through incredible, incredible hard times, like, yeah. like losing a son or daughter, yeah. one of the worst things you can go through. And we've walked through that with families who don't know the Lord. And there is there is very little hope there right. and we're, and it's very difficult. And then we walk through that where families do know the Lord and they're like, this is an incredibly hard time and it doesn't negate Jesus. the difficult yeah. things they're going through. But at the same time, there's still this like, but we have faith, we have trust in the Lord mm-hmm. and something like that. Um, hardships like that, other people will notice, but you have to be standing in the light in order to shine light on, on the mm-hmm. situation. And if we're not spending time with the Lord, if we're not in the presence of God, then, then uh, we, we have to be ready for those things, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. yeah. I love that. Your presence should demand an explanation <laughs> that mm-hmm. uh, I think so many of us are so worried about being like, standing out or being noticed or making people uncomfortable, but really the gospel just makes people feel uncomfortable. <laughs> it's just what it is. Yeah, it can yeah. be offensive to people. It can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But that's really, that's an encouraging word. <laughs> so tell everybody where they can find you and tell, tell us about the ministries. I'll put it in the show notes too. But for those who are listening, tell us about the ministries and how they can get a hold of you. Yeah. So just in a nutshell, because Lifelight does so many things, so it can be confusing. <laughs> we're, we're known for the big, huge Christian music festival we used to put on annually, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but now we go out to other cities that are desiring that festival, and we do festivals around the nation. But then we also run a, a youth center now in downtown Sioux Falls. And it's actually to the young generation, ages 10 through 18 are welcome to come. And um, we're reaching the kids down in Pettigrew Heights. So teens mm-hmm. can come hang out at the youth center. Um, and then we have our Z8 events that are ongoing as well. So yeah. you can go to lifelight.org O-R-G, for any of our lifelight information. Yeah. And then Z8 initiative.org, yeah. right? For Z8 stuff, yeah. Yep, for Z8 stuff. Um, and then Josh and I are both on Instagram and Facebook. If yeah. you want to just follow us there or contact us for speaking or worshiping. So, yeah. yeah. 
because you guys do, you, you'll do speaking and worship and consulting. And I know you're talking about purity as well as other topics that are pertinent to the youth and actually how we're all like getting through this, you know, yeah. this life together, heading, heading true yeah. North actually. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Well, I just really appreciate your boldness in mm-hmm. spreading the gospel and the good news because it is good news. If you don't know it, you need to find yeah. it because without it, it's just, the world is dark <laughs> and, wow. and growing a little bit dimmer every day, it seems like, but Jesus shines brightly. So thanks for the work that you do and raising your family the way that you do and the sacrifices that you're making. Thank yeah, you. Thank you, you too. So thanks for the opportunity. Uh, yeah. It's always an encouragement to find others that are walking that same road yeah. and we can just encourage one another in what we do. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for being here. You guys, you can find a lot more information about LifeLight in the show notes to so check it out. And we will talk to you next week on Life Skills 101, Life Skills for Digital Age. Hey, everybody. This is Lisa Nearing from True North Homeschool Academy. And I just want to remind you that you can find all of our classes and clubs, testing, advising, mom's membership, and more at truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. We do offer live online, dynamic, interactive, small group classes. So when your students take classes with us, they're not in a they're not in a Zoom room full of 100 people. We keep our class sizes small so that the students get to know both the teacher and their fellow students. We um, use a lot of different technology to make the classes dynamic and interactive, including presentations, projects, breakout rooms, virtual whiteboards, and more. Um, We like to say that we use time-tested educational pedagogy, coupled with cutting-edge technology to bring the best educational opportunities to your students in, in the privacy of your own home. We do provide syllabus and grading for all classes. Um, clubs are more relaxed, so we don't provide syllabus or grading for those, but you can certainly use our clubs for the transcripts, and we'd love to help you know how to do that. Stay tuned this year, 2022, for some exciting new um, classes and clubs being offered by True North Home School Academy. Um, We're also going to be offering an honor club, dual enrollment, and so much more. We are honored to partner with you as you homeschool your children. Again, check out truenorthhomeschoolacademy.com. And thanks for listening to today's podcast.